It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you? Doing good. Good to still uh, be talking some football here. Yeah, absolutely. Anything that extends the football season longer is good with me. Um, It's been so many years for the Titans where you've only gotten 16 games to talk about. Um, And then, you know, a couple of years in in the last, what, 14, where you've gotten more than 16 games to talk about, but never 18. Uh, So that's where we are at this point. Um, You know, obviously the Titans are facing a a huge challenge. We'll get a little bit more into that, especially as the week goes along. But Titans got a playoff win. We're still uh, still riding high for that, so that's good. Uh, before we get started, a few things. Terry and I write for MusicCityMiracles.com, covering the Titans for SB Nation, so check us out there. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at JMorrisMCM. Terry is at TLambertFB. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcast. Locked on Titans, so just search that there. Subscribe, and you'll get all the new episodes as soon as they are available. All right, so the big news since we talked on Saturday night is obviously the, the fact that Amy Adams Strunk, the Titans controlling owner, came out and made a statement about Mike Malarkey as the coach of the team. Um, you know, and it was we'll, we'll talk we'll talk a few things about this. Um, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk saying that the statement was vague and that um, he doesn't necessarily think it means that um, that Mike Malarkey will be with the team in 2018. I, I, I don't believe that to be the case. I, I think the fact that she came out and said anything. Um, is is an indication that he will be back. Here's the statement real quick from Amy Adams Strunk. Our monster all season has been to take things week by week and not get ahead of ourselves, and it obviously has served us well. I regret that outside rumors gained a lot of their own. No one has been a bigger supporter of Mike Malarkey than I have over the last two-plus seasons. Mike and John, referring to John Robinson, Titans GM, have changed the culture of our team and organization, and I am so happy we have been able to bring success on the field to our fans winning 19 games over the last two seasons, including our first playoff win in 14 years. Just to eliminate any distresses moving forward, Mike Malarkey is our head coach and will be our head coach moving forward. We, will, we still have work to be done, including this week, but I am looking forward to the journey. So, again, to me, the fact that she came out and said anything after you know not commenting for the last couple of weeks, to me, that says that he'll be back. Um, it, it, Terry, do you, do you think anything differently based on that? I agree. Uh, it was interesting the way she worded it saying week by week, you know, that kind of points to, hey, we were we were kind of seeing how things were going to end up here. We were, we were not going to make a call until we saw some progress on the field. Uh, and, you know, you saw that on, on Saturday. So uh, just another layer in this really just completely bizarre Titan season. You know, 9-7, and seven, playoffs, you, you now get a playoff win, and we're talking about the head coach being fired. Um, you know, I think there's some merit to it. I think a lot of people saw through the record. A lot of people understand that the Titans caught some teams in some really bad spots. AFC South was banged up. AFC as a whole was just down. Uh, the Titans weren't winning pretty. Uh, the offense is bad. Uh, but still, the Titans are in this situation. So it's a really strange spot. So I think I think this organization was prepared to move on. They were prepared to see through what was happening in front of them. Uh, and I applaud them for that, but at the same time, this team has now responded. You know, they clearly love playing for the guy. Uh, we saw some results on, on Saturday night, so uh, I I just don't I don't think you can do anything at this point. And honestly, it, it, Malarkey deserves uh, an, another shot for for 
you know, showing up and responding in, you know, in the midst of some drama, his team showed up and got a playoff win. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I said on Twitter after the game Saturday night, that win gives Mike Malarkey at least another year. Um, now, I still think Terry Rubisky should be out. We were talking a little bit before we jumped on here. Uh, the, the concern, obviously, is that now, you know, they want a playoff game, regardless of what happens in New England, um, that they just keep everything the same for next year. That, that can't be the case. Um, and we've, we've gone through episode after episode after episode of the issues with this offense. There were issues with the offense on Saturday night, even in the win, when they scored a bunch of points. So, um, you know, I, I, I think the fact that, you know, Mike Malarkey, when asked after the game Saturday night, basically had said he had been giving no assurance. He had been given no assurance that he would be back next year if they didn't win, you know, either Jaguars game week 17 or Chiefs game this past week. That, to me, says that the organization is looking at making changes. That, to me, says that John Robinson, Amy Adamstruck, whoever, they weren't happy with the, the, the way things played out on the field, regardless of the, of the wins and losses this year. That, to me, says that we will get a change in the offense for next year. I, I don't think there's any way Terry Rubisky's back with this team. I mean, I guess maybe if the Titans go on and win the Super Bowl, you can't fire him at that <laughs> point. But if you remember, 99, uh, the Titans went to the Super Bowl, and Jeff Fisher fired Les Steckel, the Titans offense coordinator, that year after that. So regardless of how deep the run goes here, I think that, you know, you don't, you don't fire the head coach, obviously, in that situation. But I, I think that we still could see a change in the offensive coordinator. Now, we've talked about how just firing Terry Rubisky – and then keeping everything else the same, letting Mike Malarkey pick a guy that wants to come in and do what they're doing, probably wouldn't look that much different than what Terry Rubisky is doing. So I think there'll be some conversations had with Malarkey after the season about, and again, this is just all speculation on my point, on my part. You will, you'll find the new guy. You'll give him more control. You'll do some different things on offense. I, I think that's the way that they will, they will approach Mike Malarkey after the season. Now, if he's not willing to do that, then I guess we have a different conversation. Um, but I would, I would think that he, that he would be. And again, just real quick on Malarkey, I still, I still don't think he's the guy that is going to take this franchise to the next level um, unless he's willing to make those adjustments. But I do think that you cannot say enough about the job that he has done, the way that he's changed this culture, the turnaround this team has made in j- just two years um, to be you know, arguably a better team last year uh you know obviously until until Marcus gets hurt uh, obviously uh, they, they were a better offense no doubt um the defense was struggling but you know I think we all felt better about this team at the end of the regular season last year than we did the end, end of the regular season this year but they are a competitive team they are a group that goes out there and competes the full game every week there's no there's no giving up on that sideline and we went through a lot of years here where we saw teams that either gave up or you know didn't give their all for the whole game whatever it might be we saw a lot of that here over the years these guys love playing for malarkey they play hard for him he has developed it into a winning culture so i mean all of that is worth something it's not enough it's not enough if he wants to if he wants to keep terry rubisky and not change the offense next year that that's not okay but i think that you do give him the benefit of the doubt at this point and see if you can approach him and say okay we need to make we need to make these tweaks here, but we still like you as as the head guy going forward. Yeah, and we said a few weeks ago, if we could keep Malarkey on and if he could hand off control of the offense uh, to somebody else and, and kind of merge some ideas, that would probably be the best way to go. And I still feel that way. So when you talk about moving on from Mike Malarkey, I just there's just not a lot out there that, that gets me excited. 
Uh, you look around the landscape. You know, Josh McDaniels is the name that that rap sheet kept pumping. Uh, there's no guarantee with him. Uh, he, he, we've seen the, the Patriots assistants flop. We've seen him flop already once. Uh, you would hope he kind of learned from his mistakes that he made, uh, but there's no guarantee of that. So uh, at this point, it's kind of silly to keep talking about it, but um, like you said, the players respond to malarkey. Uh, they seem to play hard for him. Uh, the frustrating thing is is just p- kind of playing down to opponents. It, it it seems like the Titans show up for big games. Uh, for whatever reason, they always show up for the big ones. You know, you've seen the Jacksonville Jaguars twice. You've seen uh, the Seahawks game. Uh, you saw them show up against the Rams. Uh, you can kind of throw the Pittsburgh game out. Uh, too many mistakes there. But you've also seen games, you've seen them struggle with a bad Colts team twice. You saw them struggle with Tom Savage. Uh, you saw, Even going back to last year, Matt Barkley probably should have beat them in Chicago. Uh, so it, that's that's where the frustration comes in. If this team could look like it's supposed to look, if they could go beat a team by two touchdowns that they're supposed to beat, I think the optics of this whole situation would be totally different and people would be on board. It's just it's just scraping by, and, and that's frustrating to watch. Um, but, again, that's a conversation for another day because the Titans are in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And so we'll keep an eye on this as it goes forward. Like you said, just just quickly on Josh McDaniels. I mean, I, I don't doubt at all that had they lost either of these two past games that he would have been the guy. Um, you look at the ties to John Robinson from New England and all that kind of stuff. So I think he would have been the guy. I, I think he deserves another chance, and, and we don't know what he will do with a second chance. We've seen guys, you know, learn a lot from the, the mistakes they made the first time and be different as head coaches the second time. And we've seen guys go in and do the same thing, you know, a la Jeff Fisher and, and get fired again for the same sort of the same issue. So who knows? Josh McDaniels will be a head coach next year. Um, so we'll we'll see where that is. But, um, you know, I, I don't – like you said, there's no guarantee with him. There, there's no guarantee with, with anybody that you're going to hire. Um, so anyway, that, that that's kind of where we are on all that. Coming up, we'll talk a little bit about it, news and notes around the team on the field and just talk about the Patriots just a little bit. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the locked on NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been uh, complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah. I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger, a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging, with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so we are recording this early on Monday um, to not conflict with the having to record during the, the championship game tonight. Um, the, Mike Larkey hasn't had his press conference yet. The best of my knowledge, there was nobody uh, injured in the game that wasn't able to finish the game. Um, if, if there was, I can't think of it off the top of my head. The guy that we'll be monitoring this week, like every other week, is DeMarco Murray. Um, you know, the, the, tight, the Titans have refused to 
rule him out early in these weeks for whatever reason. Um, we joked last week about how it's ridiculous to think that you're getting any kind of schematic advantage by the team being afraid that DeMarco Murray is going to be out there. But, well, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll see. I, I, I think he's still a long shot to play. Um, I think this offense is better with Derrick Henry being the feature back. I think that DeMarco Murray could still play a role in this offense if you are healthy enough to go. But I would want it to mainly just be on third downs. Um, but we've seen that if DeMarco Murray can walk, that they will give him <laughs> carries. So I'm just a little bit concerned that if he is active and able to play, that they go back to, you know, either whether it's making him the feature back or giving him 20% of the carries. Either way, it's too much. And I'm just, I'm, I'm concerned that they would do that if he's able to play. Can we just stop with, with this DeMarco crap? I, if this staff can't see that this team is better with Derrick Henry in the backfield, then, yeah, they, they probably do deserve to be fired. Uh, I, I just I, I can't stand to sit here and watch them give DeMarco Murray the ball on second and ten because you know they will. Yeah, uh, absolutely. They, they've done it all year. Um, so uh, the juice in Derrick Henry's legs makes this offense look different. It, it gives them a big play factor. Uh, DeMarco Murray's broken down, and, and you know it happens. It's just it's who he is right now. Uh, it doesn't help the fact that he's hurt. Um, so I'm sure they're going to play this up, and I, I'm I'm sure they're going to rule him out on Friday. So, uh, and honestly, that's probably for the best. Uh, it's been Henry's show. I think he got all but two snaps the, the other night. Uh, so he's he's doing a little bit of everything, and, and you're seeing you know the the talk of him not being able to contribute in the passing game. That was crap. Uh, he's been great in the passing game. He's great when he gets the ball at speed and, and he's in space. Uh, we've seen that his one weakness is pass protection, and, and that's very real. Uh, and Marcus about died last night because Henry didn't pick up uh, the linebacker coming up the middle. So that that's one spot that I'm sure Henry's going to get talked to about. But overall, uh, you'll take that one bad play for the, the 20 good ones that he had. Yeah, you're right. Henry played on 68 of 70 offensive snaps. Yeah, and the the thing that I like the most about Derrick Henry is that, you know, he didn't run well against the Jaguars. Um, now, matchup and all that stuff, I mean, we, we know that's real. And, and the, the fact that the Titans were able to get a whole lot more push up front against the Chiefs than they were against the Jaguars, I mean, you would have expected that. But Derrick Henry ran a little bit differently in that game on Saturday. And he was willing to admit that he didn't like what he did and, and make changes, you know. And so that's what you want to see from a guy. And I think as long as he's continuing to – you know, have those real evaluations about his play, I think you'll see him continue to improve. And so that's what you want to see. And, yeah, I mean, there's no question that he's the better back at this point. Um, you know, last year people were clamoring for more Derrick Henry throughout the year, but it, and it was dumb because the market was running really well. Well, this year, you know, it, it's been a thing, and it hadn't just been you know, those Alabama fans that just wanted to see Derrick Henry. It hadn't been that this year. I mean, they needed to get him on the field. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's unfortunate that it took, you know, DeMarco Murray having an injury for us to see it. But I would just – it would be really frustrating to see them go a different way now. And, again, I, I won't be convinced that they wouldn't give DeMarco carries on second and ten until he's healthy and they don't do it. So, you know, it, it, so from, from that standpoint, it, it's probably better if he just – if he is ruled out. Um, we're talking a little bit about the Patriots uh, before we got going here, and we'll kind of wrap up with this today, and then we'll get a lot more into um, uh, previewing them over the next couple of days. But it's not, as far as the run game goes, it's not that much of a different matchup than what we saw against the Chiefs. There's, there's going to be space there, um, and the Titans should be able to move the ball on the ground. They probably are not going to have the same type of success 
that they did against the Chiefs, you're not going to see that very many times. But they're going to have those opportunities. The key is going to be doing it early enough in the game uh, so that you're able to stay in your offense. Because we talked, again, before we came on here, I mean, at 21-3 to with the whole second half to go, you can still run your offense. You can still run the ball. Um, you don't have to necessarily be exclusively in hurry up or anything like that. At 28-3 to in the second half, or even 28-10, to if the Chiefs would have scored points, then it becomes a different a different issue. You don't want to get to that point against the Patriots. You want to be able to have your full offensive arsenal available to you. And so the key there is going to be staying ahead of the chains, staying close in the score to be able to do it. One thing that they pointed on the broadcast that I didn't realize, they said that, you know the Titans went three and out in their first series. They haven't gotten a first down on their first series of the game in like a month. And that's just like, you know, I mean, I mean if you and, – and there was talk about this earlier in the year. I mean, you script the first, like, 10, 15, 20 plays, whatever it is, of a game. So that, to me, is, is, a, is an indictment of your offensive coaches right there. If you haven't – on your first drive, you haven't even gotten a first down. We're talking about points. We're talking about a first down in a month. That's an issue, and that's something that they're going to have to correct this week because, again, I just don't see – if the Patriots get out to 21-3 to lead – I don't think we see a 22-21 to 21 comeback. So the Titans are going to have to figure out a way to keep them, keep themselves from digging into a hole like they did last week. And, you know, they haven't done that all year. That, that's been one of the themes of this team. They've been they've been horrible in, in the first quarter. Uh, so, yeah, like, like you said, they they can't spot them 14 points or the ballgame's going to be over because Tom Brady's not going to disappear in the second half. Uh, but it's like you were saying, the Patriots have been bad against the run. Their front seven is, is not very good. Uh, a bunch of play, a bunch of new guys that that you probably haven't heard of uh, in that front seven. So I think Derrick Henry's going to have his space. But at the same time, Patriots are notorious for taking away the team's greatest threat. Right now, that is Derrick Henry. So wouldn't surprise me at all to see you know Chung coming down in the box. Uh, filling that eight-man box out. So I think the early key for me uh, is going to be Marcus Mariota completing some passes down the field because I think he's going to have some opportunities to do that. Uh, and we've seen for several weeks in a row him take shots to Corey Davis, Richard Matthews, whoever it may be, and, and just be a little high, just be you know three, four yards over their head. So he's going to have to rein that in. Uh, and I think if he can complete a couple of those, it's going to change the dynamic of this game. Uh, but, you know, again, like you were saying, make no mistake about it, uh, Patriots' weakness is their defense here. And, you know, it, I think the Titans have found something here with this no huddle, uh, running from shotgun stuff. Uh, it, there's just a lot of dynamics to that. Uh, Mariota can run. You, you saw the read option. Uh, utilize you saw Henry just go right up the middle so I, I think the Titans have some stuff working offensively it's just the consistency uh, and, and again you can't turn the ball over in the red zone like they did last last week uh, you got to finish drives with six points and not three so uh, for the Titans to win this game they're going to have to do a lot of things that they haven't been doing lately yeah absolutely and like I said we'll get down we'll get into breaking down the individual matchups more um, over the next few days because it's going to be, you know, there, there's going to be a lot. And, and, again, the defense is going to have to show up. Um, you know, the, the, the Patriots obviously have offensive weapons. Their offense has been struggling a little bit the last few weeks, but it looks like they're going to be healthy, get all those running backs back for this game. So um, they're just they're able to do so much more when they have all those guys. Like I said, we'll, we'll get a whole lot more into that as, as the week goes along. So we'll be back tomorrow with another episode. Between now and then, you can check us out at museummiracles.com. 
Uh, we'll have plenty of up-to-date information whenever Mike Malarkey has his weekly press conference. Uh, we'll have news and notes from that if, there, if there's anything of interest. So we'll keep an eye on that and start breaking down this game. Anything else, Terry, before we head out today? Uh, go Georgia. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> anyway, we'll see. Um, you know, well, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting game tonight. Uh, I'm an Alabama fan. Terry's a Tennessee fan. So uh, it's fun. I don't know. I'm not sure how anybody's going to root for him. There you go. Um, but anyway, so we'll see. Hopefully we can get a little bit from Jalen Hurts and, and get another one. But it'll be – it should be a fun game to watch. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll maybe talk a little bit about, a bit about that tomorrow as well. Um, and like I said, check us out at museummiracles.com. Check us out on Twitter. I am at MCM. Terry is at TLambertFB. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Locked On Titans, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NBA team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.